long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. They uh, they put a woman in a, a, a I can't even say it, <laughs> a British man in my fucking Star Wars. <laughs> That's a bit. Okay. I had thirty seconds to come up with it. So. Uh, a British guy and a lady in a in your fucking Star Wars, uh, and, and the and a Hispanic guy, a, a really beautiful Hispanic guy. So the hold on, let me leak to quote directly to to quote for, directly from my award winning essay. While the canosity of a non-white stormtrooper was a point of contention among more privately bigoted Star Wars fans, the majority of the hashtag can't boycott. Star Wars 7 uh, racist conversation centered on the belief that the film's casting of people of color took roles away from white actors. This is this this, this movie is so 2015 2016 it, it really is. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that, that's the problem with it is it's responding not that it's a product of its cultural moment but that it's like so pointedly like a product of 2015 2016 discourse so, so pointedly that it stops like, feeling it doesn't feel timeless it feels very stuck in the moment in which it was made it's like well we want millennials to like stars like millennials already like stars and like and it's not like i mean i, I was joking in the intro obviously yeah like, um <laughs> i think it's appropriate to be cynical about the motivations of uh companies when every show uh looks like um looks like a picture out of a textbook or captain planet but it's not like actually a bad thing to put women and black people in star wars or whatever but yeah i do think it's annoying to like structure your movie around pointed responses to like youtube videos and tv tropes pages and just that conversation and and this this I feel like is one of the early examples of movies starting to do that. Um, well, there was there there was like a backlash to this movie that I, I oh there do, was there was there was a back I, like from the release of the first trailer because this and this was true uh, like a bunch of as I as I wrote in the article that was hilariously published and given an award. That we'll pick apart later in this episode. So we're we're doing our reading series on a on a Nicole award winning essay that in retrospect a, a bit of intellectual self harm about intellectual self harm or intellectually roasting me. Uh, it's the roast of Nicole Benito. Um, like you you remember the guy Rush V? He ran oh, like yeah. Return of Kings. Yeah, he, didn't he convert to Islam or something? Did he? Or, or maybe it was like Eastern Orthodox Christianity. Pro- oh, I know yeah, he, oh he, probably. I saw the last couple of years he went on like a huge religion. Uh, of course, like, that's what all those like trip. MRA guys are doing now. They're all weirdo tradcaps. Um, but yeah, there was like because when the first trailer for the movie dropped, a bunch of people were very angry that uh, one of the main characters is John Boyega because he's black. And he saw the there's the the part in the the one of many trailer bait scenes in the movie that is featured in the trailer where he's holding the lightsaber. So there was a uh, like backlash against the movie before it came out just based on the trailer. Like, oh, SJWs are taking Star Wars from us, which 
Yeah, it's one of those like 2014, 2016, like Tumblr era, like political cultural neuroses of the moment that in retrospect is really not that big a deal. Well, it's, the thing is, it's the and here's here's the thing. Here's here's the real like um, here's the tea source of aggravation with this stuff is so you put uh, a black guy in Star Wars and then you hint maybe he's the main character, maybe he's going to be the new Luke, whatever, and he, he is. And they kind of that's the other thing is like for all the foofera, they like fuck that character over with John the Boyega. They like, well, they kind of fuck him from the yeah. start. Like they don't. They really- gave him such good. Finn has such good setup, like conceptually as a character, and like, and- like you could this whole movie you can just describe as all setup, no payoff. Like, but then he's just this, this movie after like the last one has come out, and knowing nothing that's being set up here is going to pay off meaningfully or have any importance that like everything even, even everyone on Tumblr came up with as an explanation is infinitely better thought out than. What J.J. Abrams and yeah. Kathleen Kennedy well, we'll, shit out we'll, their butts. We'll get to that too. The the that stuff, but um, uh, you know, like we should probably save this for the the when we talk about the cultural context of the movie. But we kind of yeah. we jumped pre- into pre- it because pre- I, I had a, had a half half to half baked uh, cold open idea. Um, was um that you you create this uh antagonism or provocation of people that get mad at that sort of thing you know idiots um and then you use that antagonism you you take their response and it creates this like you these guys here's the looming fascist threat here's the first order and they don't like the movie because it's 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 liberal and progressive it's about how bad they are and feminist and 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 anti-racist. Yeah. So you've got to watch and like the movie to own them and stop them before they take over. You've got to defend the movie and promote the movie. And it's just this marketing trip. Like yeah. those guys don't matter. And even if they mattered, their opinions on movies don't. And the success of a movie with a black guy in it or a woman or a black woman or a black trans woman or a or a um I, no I don't legs. know anything. Uh, just like pick, pick, pick off the list. A Chinese guy with no legs doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't change anything. And telling you that it matters is just a way to get you to be a stan and provide free marketing and get overly emotionally connected to a product. It's it's and this is the thing. Like, there's a lot of guys that are that recognize this and are also like mad about reverse racism and the fact that they're the former is used to sort of discredit the other part of the point um but that is like like the 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 nugget of truth there that the thing that i think they recognize is sort of bullshit even if they're also mad for stupid reasons uh about stupid things is that it is just a like 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 a mind slavery trick that they that companies started using in the in the mid 2010s or um and if to that capitalize work, off the culture war and if that doesn't work uh what, what will always work and what still worked on me is you take you take a pre-existing IP character and make him a littler guy and that's essentially like take R two D two, make them will, make them rot, make them rounder. Um, 
I mean, so the, of the of the few new ideas the Force Awakens put puts forward, or new concepts, or new characters. I'm I'm sorry, but I I fucking love BB-8. He's he's white and orange, and you know how I love uh, white and orange little guys. So this had a few interesting ideas. One, what if there's a soccer ball? Two, with the with a volleyball on if, top of it. What if uh, uh, Dylan Harris was the bad guy? And three, what if uh, a stormtrooper didn't want to be a stormtrooper anymore? And then uh, four, what if a girl? <laughs> what if what if Luke Skywalker was a girl? Uh, and of those, I think two of those are actually legitimately interesting, um, and one of them would have been uh, interesting if they actually had an interesting idea to go with it. Uh, I, I feel like like that's yeah. So I guess we'll just jump in. So we we we. Uh, I don't think we we really to summarize the plot. No. Uh, yeah. It's it's you, like you've the probably big seen this, and you've probably seen the yeah. original Star Wars. If not, you get the idea. There's uh, people in fantasy space. A long and, time ago, uh, a galaxy one of far, them far away. Learns that they're a wizard, and they have some spaceship chases. They fight some some space Nazis, and then they they blow up uh, a really 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 big space gun. Uh, the end. Yeah. Uh, everyone gets medals. There were, actually there's no medal ceremony at the end of this. No one gets a medal. Oh yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of a missed opportunity. That's a that's that's a, dare I say subversive. That is actually that is really funny. Oh, <laughs> did they do the that? Original the original they They're like, here, Chewie, here's your medal that people complained about. Why did Chewie get a medal at the end of a new hope? Yeah. And they're like, we need to. We got like a shit ton of other things we're not going to tie up, but we need to make time for this. Well, I mean, that's the mentality that goes into these movies is just all references you know, we, of we, things, you we, know, I think I think marketing people either genuinely think or they know that no one else knows better that like Twitter and YouTube video essays and uh, like think pieces on Upworthy or whatever refinery. Uh, Mary, the Mary Sue. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think they think that that like. That stuff like matters and constitutes like a major audience uh, opinion because it's like polling logic where it's like, well, we've got a sample of 5,000 people and that represents the other 49 million. Um, so they think it's like representative samples versus the fact and the people that post online or write that stuff or read that stuff are all wildly atypical. Normal people don't post and normal people don't read think pieces about movies. Yeah. Um, and so I think that they they always feel like they need to incorporate all this stuff in to 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 connect with the the millennial and now Zoomer demographic, um, and it just always feels so obvious and it's irritating. Yeah, um, well, I guess a, a good example of that is, and as as much as I like, I taught while well, we watched this together um, over video chat. And I, I really, really loved this movie when it came out. Hence, why I ended up writing a essay on it. But like, as we were watching it, like at the beginning, I'm like, oh, remember that? Like this, this looks good. This looks good. John Boyega, as much as I love him as like an actor, like he's very charismatic. Oh, uh, he's a great he's actor. Great like, actor. But they, they just the dialogue they, they, they give him. 
is so millennial pilled. It's well, they make him like he's okay. Here's it. He's supposed he he's a stormtrooper, uh, and it, and it says somewhere in the movie that he was like, or maybe kidnapped as a movies, child, kidnapped no, as a child, as a child. and like raised in a barracks basically yeah brainwashed um, his entire life like yeah deprogrammed of a personality and again and, one of the more interesting ideas this movie has that unfortunately ends up going fucking nowhere nowhere is, nowhere as soon as he and there is like a solid image like you know he there's an opening fight uh, uh oscar isaac gets captured by adam driver and they have their little encounter and immediately yeah we get into the like the proto uh or, or, or quasi nascent soy dialogue like, well do you go first do i go first like, well, that's, that's, although that, that oscar thing. isaac has such like handsome charm that it's it, it kind of feels like a deliberate like <laughs> well, he, he, again he's also to, like, very Han good Solo. yeah so, so he, he can like gets away like with they it. both sell it a lot better than yeah less talented actors could sell it um, and like his character is at least like okay, he's he's a hot shot. It's like kind of in character, even if it's a little yeah. too like. Yeah. I know I'm in a movie fucking dialogue, um, but um, Finn uh, John Boyega's character is is immediately this like weird uh, kind of this, this goofball who's just like yeah. you got a, you got a girlfriend you got, you got a girlfriend yeah, I'm a, I'm with the res- I'm with the resistance guy I'm, I'm the resistance I'm, I'm, this this kind of mumbling riffing um, guy he's being John Boyega. And it like, doesn't like it I, just, I don't know if that's kind of, well, a little true. bit. But I don't know enough about it. Just uh, but, yeah, but it, 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 it's like it. th- this guy. So is this guy like raised in a barracks, kind of like like conscripted in the military service, like a fucking um, uh, like 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 an uh, Ottoman janissary? And where did this personality like and this way of talking come from? That it doesn't fit the character or we're not, not, not it doesn't fit the concept um and but it's like they just like you know for all this sturm and drag about him being the nominal leader or whatever they actually they give him so little to work with or do yeah and and don't expand on the concept they just have him run in comic relief mode most of the movie um and it's such a waste i think of, yeah. of him as an actor and and of the concept because he's like um, you you've seen attack not the that block. he can't be yeah and yeah, he's good yeah, movie. he's, he's very good fucking actor. fantastic he's, he's good in this with what they give him to do yeah um but it's just like again it's frustrating that lack of imagination and and, and or lack to capitalize on their concepts out of fear of possibly alienating anybody um that they can't like it's not that he can't be like a guy who's sort of self-interested and a bit, you know, maybe socially yeah, a awkward. A little cowardly. They, they make uh, yeah. him a little bit cowardly. Like he really, his which, whole which, thing is, you know, he wants to get away from the first order. He doesn't he want doesn't, to fight. He, he doesn't, doesn't want to fight. The fucking, he doesn't want yeah. to die in the Star that, Wars. That's, that's the a thing great that like breaks motivation. him out of his like mind, decades long mind, like washing psychosis is the moment he like, it's because it said in the dialogue, it was his like first, combat mission so yeah. literally the first time he's actually and shooting he, he a gun sees a guy kill. die in his arms and he leaves the blood streak on his stormtrooper mask and he takes off like that's not like good imagery actually. that's like, great imagery it's, and then it's just not built on or developed no. and, and it's actively undermined and it's such a and it's and it's and they do all that because actually building on that concept might 
oh, it might be a little too dark, it might be a little too weird, it might bum people out. So we'll just have them be Mr. Goofball Riff Guy all movie. Um and 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 just use him as a fucking bludgeon to do this like like sub Anita Sarkeesian pop feminism shit with Ray. Um this this, you know, don't take my hand. Uh, you know, well, like, she didn't as soon say as you, don't take my she, No, it's like shit. repeated, stop grabbing my hand over and over again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Through that, that escape sequence, which is such a like on the nose, like, because uh, as soon as he sees her in the market, he goes crash lands on the not uh, Tatooine. And Jack she gets who? attacked by some guys and he runs to help and she's defeated all the guys before he can even get there. Yeah, she kicked um, but. Because well, well, which I I will say because people also complained. Like it's uh, it's fine that she about, knows how to fight. Let's, yeah, like she, that's she's whatever. As, she's, she's as like developed a, a as Luke Skywalker scavenger was she in terms of like just martial yeah. Skills, sure, you know she's um, a Gary Sue. Like he's a Gary well, no, Sue. No, 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 she's no, a Gary no, Sue. No, no. no, the Mary but, Sue thing is categorically wrong because a Mary okay, Sue yeah. is an author self insert. The Mary Sue is who the author wants to be. Or no, well, that's what no, I mean like Gary Sue, Mary Sue, and like the mis the wide misunderstanding of it is like a perfectly oh, they're they're just automatically ex- ex- excellent at whatever they do. They have no flaws, no pro yeah, she's an audience surrogate though. A, a, a very like and, and I don't like to say, I don't know how to evaluate Daisy Ridley as an actress. I haven't seen her in anything else. And her character is so like featureless and textureless. Yeah, um, Ray's kind of a little one note, which I I guess you could say again, like I don't you even know, one note, just more like a tone. Well, uh, I mean like on, on the one hand you can say that's like maybe intentional as a as a way to just have like, you know, a you know, com- a complete nobody, which is something Ryan Johnson tried to push. Uh, that was one of his better, more interesting ideas. The, the second movie is when Ray, as a character, comes closest to being interesting, uh, because they kind of like have things, but like she just has no texture as a character um, at all. Like there's just nothing to grab onto, uh, and, and that's you know, like like that. And I mean, Luke Skywalker is arguably one of the weakest parts of Star Wars. Yeah, no one. People, like, even kids were watching Star Wars growing up. They didn't want to be Luke. They wanted to be cool ass Han Solo. Yeah, but, he, but he's, he's 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 still got a pussy. bit like. But at least it's kind of like, oh, he's like a farm boy, and he he wants to be a space pilot and go on adventures. And then his his adopted family is murdered. Like, there's something. Yeah. Well, there's whereas, with, whereas with Ray is. She's she's been abandoned on Jakku since she was a child. She's been like living on her own as like this self. You know what? This reminds me of something because I, I saw this movie in the theater with my best friend, and I distinctly remember part of the conversation we had after. I said like I, I was thinking explicitly of the the first scene in which we meet Ray, which would, is actually kind of visibly interesting because we just see. This, you know, it looks, I mean, figure. this movie mostly looks pretty. This good. movie looks. I I don't really have good, complaints so. about how the movie looks. Um, no, but um, we like we by just we we agreed. We were thinking like, oh, kind of reminded us a little bit of like Nausicaa in a way. Like I think like we were thinking, suspecting because uh, she has like a See, really I, nice little I, like interlude in her theme that just kind of. I, I don't, don't know, remember it, it, talking it rem- about Nausicaa, but like that is like a better version 
Yeah, like, yeah, that's that's of, of that's that was my of, point of this sort of character. That was of, my point. Yeah. Oh, Nasca. I, I actually, I really am. I'm very fond of Nasca. Um, or even more, if she was more like a like Princess Mononoke. Uh, in that, if she was more of like a Miyazaki uh, female protagonist, like I could see this. Yeah, well, I, I, going Nausicaa's down a lot like, better. Nasca is like a good example of that where she's like she's a very hero- conventionally heroic character, very competent, all that stuff. But like she has texture and yeah. motivations and is endearing. Uh, you know, she's not a total. Uh, blank slate for audience projection yeah um yeah i don't know i kind of feel like i said i had to say about uh yeah well we can ray. move on from daisy uh, ridley slash ray um can well, we... i mean i don't want to lump the two together because it's not daisy yeah. ridley's fault that they gave no, her a character was... with so little fucking character um I, I i really like just don't want to done that and i mean she's fine uh I just, you know, she might be great for all I know. This if was she like had. her first major acting role in anything. Like, because I guess before, like, the only thing she had been in beforehand was like a cadaver in a student film. Yeah. And like, like, you know, like, like, uh, yeah, Oscar, I mean, uh, Oscar Isaac and uh, John Boyega are especially Oscar, are more experienced they, actors. They too. also have but great chemistry together on screen. They I do. Will say. Yeah. Um, they're great to watch. It's too bad how little they're on screen together. Together, honestly. which is well, which is part of why the the shipping around them was fueled so much because it was you know like teasing them, like oh we're gonna and we want more. And that's the thing. Like, there's tons of pieces here that like, like I'll I'll here I'll just kind of state my uh, my thesis on these, which is one, in principle, we should have just stopped making Star Wars movies in 1983. Uh, and then people should just be incorporating Star Wars as raw material into new things they make, the way Star Wars was made up of Flash Gordon and Hidden Fortress and Magnificent Seven and Dam Busters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But if we are going to have more Star Wars, like there's a ton of pieces here for a way better, more Star Wars that are just not utilized effectively or assembled properly, or are just kind of left on the floor because, uh, well, because uh, they're operating under the same economic pressures and mechanism that makes the MCU what it is, and also specifically because J.J. Abrams is a hack. J.J. Yeah, let's let's J.J. Abrams is a hack. He's a a very competent hack, but he's a hack. Let's Uh, talk a little bit about J.J. Abrams yeah, let's let's talk about and the, his the mode plot, of storytelling. The plot mechanically. Yeah, I'll I'll sketch out the plot mechanically of this movie, and then yeah, we can talk about J.J. Yeah. Abrams plotting the mystery box, which is a thing he named and called that. Oh my god! Like a, wait, he named it himself. Yeah, that's, he's the one that was. He sat so down lame. in interviews and said, "Mystery box. This is how you do a plot." He's 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 that's he's so named it and lame. explained it himself. So it's like a deliberate thing he does. Um. And so here, here's how the plot of this movie is like structured. Um, we introduce our characters, uh, Finn, you know, Poe, Damri- uh, I Oscar Isaac gets captured by the bad guys. Finn wants to stop being a stormtrooper, so he breaks them out. That, that's an okay start. Uh, they land on a desert planet where Ray just happens to be a scavenger. Fine. But then it's, they 
they stumble into the Millennium Falcon, which is just there. It just happens to be there. And then as soon as they find it, they happen to run into Han Solo. As soon as they get off the planet, he's there. Uh, And uh, they just happen. Oh, yeah. uh, Oscar Isaac apparently dies only to come back later in the movie, which, again, like, why isn't he just part of the adventure? I don't know. Like, because there needs to be some sort of suspense. But why not just like have you've got these characters with chemistry, just have them be in the movie together and interact, God forbid. Um, and then uh they just happen to uh find oh yeah, they just oh yeah, they just happen to know that this map that uh the that uh, Oscar Isaac found Oscar Isaac somewhere in the desert for some reason found a, an artifact uh, with a map on it. And BB-8 has the map. It's like the Death Star plans. And the map is going to show where Luke Skywalker is. Because that's the most important thing is just finding this washed up old Jedi. That'll that'll what make or break the fucking fight for the galaxy. Um, and so we've got to find Luke Skywalker. So they just happen to have the map and then they go to a place to get to meet uh, a gnome and with butthole eyes, and they just happen <laughs> to her have name is Luke. Lupita Nyong'o. Respect her. Well, she's not really in the movie; she's just voicing a yeah, cartoon Yeah, that's I, I, that's um, also worth. But then, you know, I can and then she just happens to have Luke's lightsaber, which just happens to give Ray a bunch of cryptic visions that don't mean anything. It chooses her, though. It's, it's yeah, but, that's oh, its but way it's of a mystery. Her. Oh, where? Is is Oscar Isaac dead? Oh, is there is does she have a secret history which she doesn't? And then she does. Yeah. Later in movies, it's like it's again, it's like oh, it's lost. It's fucking lost. It's oh, here, what's this thing? That might be something. What's this? That might be something. It's mysteries, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> it's a mystery. Where's do, Luke do, Skywalker? Do, do, That's the thing. Do. The movie's just structured on asking a bunch of seemingly provocative questions. That they and it's it's fine to to it's fine to not have the answers to everything as long as you can deliver down the line as a writer. You don't actually have to have a plan, but you've got to come across like you have a plan when you wrap things up. Um and 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 then you know they blow up an even bigger uh a giant Death Star. Death Star. But that's, that's the like of the that's like the structure of the movie until they get to the end is just coincidences and mysteries. And the idea is just to get the audience so interested in finding you. You throw a bunch of questions at them that are supposed to intrigue them or unknowns or or whatever, and then you're and then you 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 string them along, and then you give them an answer. And whether or not the answer is satisfying doesn't matter because you have another thing to string them along with. And that's what the mystery box is. It's a fucking uh, oh, what's in the box? There's another box. What's in the box? There's another box. That's just on and on and on forever. So it's just a really flimsy structure. That doesn't hold up when you think about it or revisit it, right? Like it made a great first season of Lost, but then it made a terrible next five seasons of Lost, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, it makes a great first movie the first time you watch it, but when the other movies come along and can't provide satisfactory answers and have to wrap things up, or uh, when uh, you watch the movie a second time, and realize that it has like no 
storytelling integrity or structure, um, it, it just falls apart. Uh, and 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 that's the mystery box. That's the, you can find interviews with J.J. Abrams. Where he just sits down and explains this. Where it's just keep feeding mysteries to the audience to keep them intrigued and to keep them just on to the next thing. So he's just like, here's a mystery. Who's where's Luke Skywalker? Here's a set piece or two. There's Luke Skywalker. Here's another stupid bullshit mystery for a set piece or two. And it's just stringing them along. It's a carrot hanging at the end of a stick in front of a donkey, so it walks. Yeah, I mean, and it, it. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Um, and that's it. That's that's the mystery box. And that's aside from being a cargo cult Steven Spielberg in terms of his visual sensibility, which I mean, he's good at as far as cargo cult Steven Spielberg. He's go. competent. Yeah. He knows like, the right direction to shoot the camera. But as a, as a storyteller, yeah, as a storyteller, he, he well, he's not really a storyteller. He's more like a, a magician. A, a, a shitty he's, he's ass Job, magician. He's Job Blue. <laughs> Um, and he has one trick. <laughs> yeah, he, he has one. He has one trick, and he de- and he demands to be taken seriously. Um, Insert a Job line. You're gonna wait till after lunch for the tricks. That's not a trick, Michael. It's a business opportunity. Okay, you can turn the music off. I already shot my wad. Um, yeah. On that note, like I, it's as as someone who really, really fucking loved this movie when it came out it's so spoiled in retrospect because now we know how it ends and how shitty that ending is which i still haven't seen but to know none of this is going to pay off really knocks the wind out of it um because it it shows well they they actually didn't plan out shit and i think a good comparison which I, I still can't believe you haven't watched any of the rebuild of Evangelion movies. I watched the first two. I just don't remember. Okay, because even though, like you know, it's up in the air how planned out they were by Hideaki Anno, like as opposed to just you know coming up with things. Like, you know, from movie to movie, which I get the feeling that was what happened with the third one. Um, but he was at least consistent with ha- making sure to tie things up, knowing what sort of like uh, plot mechanics and uh, and like details he was putting down, like knowing the very basics of setup and payoff. And knowing well, I mean, that this, this is all, this movie, The Force Awakens, is all set up, no payoff. Well, here, here's the thing, and and this is a couple things. Yeah, that's well, that's the J.J. Abrams plotting is just keep layering keeps, in keeps provocations. Um, and 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 that's the thing. The original Star Wars is a self-contained movie. There's there's a couple threads that pick up again in the next one, but it's a self-contained movie. Um, and there was no plan. Like, they just, like, yo, oh, Leia is Luke's sister. Darth is his father. That was just shit they made up. But it's not blindingly obvious that they did. And it's not blindingly obvious. That's the thing with the next two movies is it's also blindingly obvious that they're constantly reading and responding to the fucking discourse. Yeah. Like, when they made Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi, like, I mean, I'm sure they were marketing aware, especially for... for, uh, 
return. But like they weren't like there wasn't like Twitter and think pieces and, and YouTube or whatever that they had interns go and watch and fill out reports and come back like, well, people are saying that we need to increase the blah, 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 the representation and that this is problematic and that that's problematic. And well, we've got one faction that really wants, um, you know, Luke and Leia to get together. We've got another faction of fans that really want Han and Leia to get together. And we've got to measure which one we want to piss off and which one we want to appease. But maybe, you know, if we tell the story this way, we can kind of uh, half measure. And no, nobody cared. Nobody was that that discourse, if it was happening, was happening in a place where it was largely invisible to the people making the movie, and, and the movies are much, much, much better for it. The first camper arrived at the Cinerama on University Avenue shortly after noon on Tuesday. By nine at night, the line encompassed several dozen people. The all-night vigil ends Wednesday morning at 11, when these people finally get to buy tickets to the first showing of The Empire Strikes Back. Do you think this is going to be as big as Star Wars? Bigger! 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 And yet a lot of the critics are panning it. Well, what do they know? But, like, this movie isn't, because it's so full of setup, it doesn't work as a self-contained film very well. Yeah. Um, like, um, even even if you're, like, looking at it from the perspective of this is just a, like, literal reboot of A New Hope in terms of, like, it's, yeah, it's cause, cause a new hope structure and beats. Fin- finishes. There's, like, you know, there is still, you know, Darth Vader's still alive. Um, you know, Luke, you know, like, there's hints of things that could come, but, but it's Luke's not like. But character arc, you can say, is finished. Within that movie, like he's gone from a there is an arc. Yeah, yeah. There isn't. There is a completed arc. So there isn't. Yeah, there isn't like setting up who is Darth Vader really. That that's a that's a twist. It's not. It's not like they set up in advance. Who is Darth Vader really? Who is Luke really? Like that. That stuff isn't. Uh, mysteries. Yeah, this you movie. Like, I mean, ends, we do like this movie yeah, ends like we, where the next one literally begins. You know, it ends with oh, we're giving. You know, it's the return of Luke Skywalker. What is he going to do with the lightsaber Ray's giving back to him? Yeah, this and- movie ends like a like a like a TV show uh, cliffhanger. Like, come back for season two. Um, mm-hmm. That's yeah, and and almost literally a cliffhanger because they're standing on a cliff, which is great at marketing. It makes people want to see this movie. Like, because again, when these were releasing, these were events. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing. Story itself is sacrificed for what will get people to watch the next one. And that's the same with like a lot of streaming shows and stuff. It's it's we're just desperately scrambling to get you to watch the next one at the expense of all else. And that's that's always been a thing to some degree or another, but it's really pronounced now in this particular time period. And and Force Awakens. The, and the reason I want to discuss it is is it's a really good example of that um this whole the new star wars trilogy um is a really good example of that just as a unit on that note do you think it's a good idea to segue into talking about how 2015 2016 pilled this movie is and how beholden its substance uh rests with the cultural context and fact that everyone was fucking crazy uh well, at the time yeah, yeah that's the thing it's like we're like we're, we're at like peak gamergate we're at peak anita Tumblr, media studies just ev- everybody is like am i am, am, am you know like it's it, it's it's really breaking through and everyone's starting to wonder if they're like 
uh, secretly racist or misogynistic or if it's okay to enjoy a fantasy movie where a woman's got her tits out. Um, you know, we're all terrified of being sexist and we're all yelling at each other about it. And There's and nothing it, worse to be in the world or more despised than a straight white man. And, and I mean, look, you know what? I think there's in a basic level, like it's good to step back and reassess and try to understand other people's perspectives. It just, you know, it was kind of maybe a, a painful but necessary cultural adolescence that we're still going through. But, uh, you know, it was very, it was, yeah, very much when uh, we all really started to get self-conscious about it. And it is just, yeah, yeah just cult, like so, I said, culture discourse bullshit is all over this movie. Uh, like, let's... It, can I can I read a, a bit of just to give you guys all a, a taste of this again an award winning essay, an award winning essay that just it reads as the most 2015 2016 Tumblr media analysis piece ever. So by applying a psychoanalytic lens to the film's racial and gender politics. I read The Force Awakens as a commentary on white patriarchal anxiety. As the representative of the oppressive Edible Father, the First Order is depicted in terms of white supremacist patriarchy, seeking to return the possession of societal power to its proper racial and gender structures. Threatened by the racial and gender transgressions of the New Republic and the Resistance, the fragility of white men's masculinity is embodied by Kylo Ren, whose turn to the dark side and the fascism of the First Order compensates for his insecure masculinity. Accordingly, Ren's desire to reclaim his patriarchal right over the galaxy places him within a distinctly racialized and gendered Oedipal dynamic, reass reasserting his entitlement to phallic power, though challenging those he deems unworthy of wielding it, faulty father figures, men of color, and women. Is does that is that not like the most like Tumblr era media analysis just sprinkled with and smart jargon? And that's what they wanted. I and think. that's what they like, wanted. You with, see what I'm people doing? people to do that. What with I'm this seeing? Movie. What, yes. I, and I uh, bought it. Hook, fucking line, and sinker. I mean, this movie is why in 2016, when Trump won the election, all the liberals started calling themselves the resistance. Literally. Literally. Um, and the movie, that's actually, this is one of my pet peeves I, I want to talk about with this movie. So you've got the resistance and the first order. Oh, you were uh, so first, hung up the about first this. Order. No, okay. Well, hear me out. Okay, no. Uh, the state first your, order. State your case. The, they're called the resistance, but they're actually the government in power, right? They're, or at least they're at very they're least being the new funded Republic. by the government. Well, in power. no, no, no. Because yeah, I, I know somewhere in some peripheral material, I think it's explained that it's like the first order is a remnant of the empire that controls some corner of the galaxy. And the resistance is like the resistance. It was an underground movement formed by senators Bail Organa and Mon Mothma to oppose the reign of the galactic empire. While initially small and fragmented due to the rebellion being made up of many different separate rebel cells around the galaxy, by the Galactic Civil War, majority of those cells would come together and unite as the rebel. 
you know, it's it's a color revolution. Is it not? Is it basically? I mean, I um, always thought it was just like you know, like like if the Bi- if Biden's government was funding Antifa. <laughs> like, well, well, no, it's it's like Biden's government funding the MEK in Iran, but no, but it doesn't actually matter because what we're dealing about is like like you can't offload your plotting and story and whatever onto peripheral material. That's a cheat. Uh, what's in the movie is what's in the movie and what's in the movie is very simply they're called the resistance because they think the audience is stupid they think the audience is too stupid to know who the good guys are unless they're called the resistance they think if they call them like you know the republic they'll get too confused Um, so it's just they're the resistance, even though they actually represent the dominant power. Until conveniently, the extra big Death Star blows up Coruscant, capital of the Republic, which w- w- blows oh, up I, the, the one element uh, of the prequel movies that appears in this, and their whole fleet with it, so that the good guys can be the underdogs yet again. It, they, they blew up the Hosnian system. <laughs> yeah, I just know it's Coruscant. It's, cor- it's they, not Corazon or whatever Coruscant. you Coruscant. Coruscant. It's the capital. That's where the Republic government is centered. It's that city they keep going to in the prequel movies. Oh, um, okay. Since I, yeah. But it's I, just it's just a cop out to to make the underdogs the underdogs again to to, re- to to reset the status quo. But and then then the first order. And I mean, here's the thing: like the Empire in the original movie doesn't have a lot of ideological substance, but it's also just the power that's already in power. Uh, yeah, there's no there's no point where anyone makes a political statement. Like it's not like you know, first order is not putting out like you know the lower classes need to pay more taxes, or we don't get any of that political explanation. Well, it it's not that I need that. It's it's not that I need like no. policy pl- planks. Uh, and I mean, I like I like there's a like the lack of real political substance in the original films is its is its own thing. I'm not trying to totally yeah. let those off the hook, but it's um. It doesn't matter to basic enjoyment of the movie that much because it's like, well, okay, you know, they they massacre innocent people. Like, it's pretty, you know, like, you, you, you at least have some observation of what they do that makes them bad. They build a Death Star. That's pretty bad. Um, I mean, the First Order builds a Death Star. That's pretty bad. But they've also got, like... The, they built, you know, they like, outfit an entire planet but they have the they have the aesthetics of fascism, but with no substance. And in the first movie, it's... Like the stormtroopers look like Nazis, but they don't have banners. They don't have guys giving speeches. It's more just the emperor's in power because he's the emperor and he's motivated by his own desire for power. That's enough. And, and it's not the much, name, but it's enough. The, just and the reference one, to stormtroopers is enough. Like everyone and, knows and, what a stormtrooper was. No, no, but the, the point so, is in, in this movie, they have that Hux really guy yeah. in, in front of a bunch of banners giving a Nuremberg rally. Yes, can I can I read the part of so, this essay where I, I, I just want to finish that? my yeah. I just want to finish my I know just um, keep going. Uh, and his speech is just something about how their order and the new republic is disorder. And again, like I'm not asking for yeah. policy planks, but like something like they, they like if you're going to uh, go even harder with the fascism illusions. If you're going to have the guy go out in front of a bunch of red flags and give a speech, his speech has to be about something. Yeah. Um, it's it's and really it's not, not about anything. And again, it's not because, you know, they, they want to capitalize on the moment without actually saying 
anything. He, you can't even have him come out and say he's like, and we're going to kill all the aliens or we're going to we're going to strip away civil rights for droids or something. Um, like just just something that it's, motivates them or that because they're fanatics. Like in the original Star Wars, nobody's a fan, like except maybe Darth Vader. Nobody's a fanatic. They're just guys doing their jobs. They're part of a bureau- governing military bureaucracy. Um, and in this one, they're fanatics. They're, they're, they're fanatics committed to an ideological cause. And if you're going to do that, if, you're, if that's what your bad guys are going to be, they have to have an ideological cause to go with their fanaticism. Yeah. <sighs> uh, it's, it's just like a facsimile of the aesthetics without any of the like substance to it so it, it's yeah. like as here's so here's what i had written on on that particular scene you're referencing against a backdrop of blood red flags general hux becomes an intergalactic hitler shouting to a sea of meticulously lined stormtroopers that all remaining systems will bow to the first order under the destructive power of star killer his face twists with a practically audi- audi- audible German drawl, declaring their victory on the last day of the Republic as the stormtroopers raise their arms in a sink hile. Accordingly, uh, whatever. Um, but yeah, there is all. All it is is like we you know we're gonna take over the world. It's it's all just a variation it's, of we're I mean, gonna take over the galaxy. That's a blah, problem blah, blah, blah. that's built into Star Wars. Is it's Dungeons yeah. and Dragons morality where it's like good is a thing like or it's like evil is just like a thing you commit yourself to as a belief system like you know i'm yeah, just that's a good way of putting it <laughs> no literally uh, that's like that's that's like the best way of is, putting and it and it does it and, and that's a thing that just feels so out of place in the modern world like i think we all understand the idea that like history's bad guys believe they're the good guys you know, everybody yeah. does like there's very few people in the world that are just like I I see I I see good things about Hitler also. I, I know the things I do are, are evil and I do them anyway because I want to, and that's those people are probably more nihilists than like ideologically committed to evil. Um so, so it's just weird to be doing that and because these movies do it like where Han and Leia are talking about our son is gone to the dark side but they're still later like like it's even worse than it is in the original movies how they deal with this embarrassingly juvenile moral binary um or, or, or as i argue uh kylo ren's problem is that he's an insecure fragile white male and he he wants to he wants to assert his his phallic power but he, as the as the grandson of Darth Vader. He's the second most interesting thing in these movies conceptually. And the most interesting thing functionally, because they don't give any time to Finn after this first movie. <laughs> yeah. Um and the, and they don't do much of them in the first one. Um because he is like instead of Darth Vader, who's generally like cool and collected and menacing, he is this Petulant and I mean, child. like, literally worshipping the remains of Darth Vader is, like, too much fan service on the nose for me. Um, but it is, like, yeah, the idea that he 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 is just... He throws a tantrum. Sad he throws multiple wannabe. tantrums. He wants to be scary yeah. and evil. And then he, he, he kind of 
sucks at it and he's constantly mad at himself and spazzing out and breaking things because he can't pull off being the bad guy good enough because he can't be intimidating. He can't measure enough. up. He dick too small. And he can't. Yeah. And, he and can't, that's, can't, that's, that's interesting. That, that's kind of interesting. Up. That that's is kind interesting. of an interesting bad guy. Um, and I will say, like, Adam Driver, because before he got cast in this, he was mostly known as uh, the guy who fucks Lena Dunham on girls. Uh, everyone kind of just made fun of his face. But, like, that's that, that he is, funny is to- he, as Kylo Ren, I will say, it's, boys, listen up. If you're having, a, if you can't get pussy, and you're like, you know, you kind of look like a, like a, a you got weird facial structure and and you're kind of gangly. The solution, dye your hair black and and, and just wear like Comes de Garcon uh, outfits. Just dress in black, like blankets, like post-apocalyptic style. And then just be brooding. And girls are going to want to fuck you so badly. Because the 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 way I don't I don't know how aware you are of just how much people wanted to fuck Adam Driver and Kylo Ren. Out of, yeah, oh, I'm okay. deeply aware. I am deeply deeply aware. Um, are are you as aware of of uh how badly people wanted foe up uh, foe and pin foe and pin fin and poe <laughs> to fuck. Because Isn't that, that, was, the, that was the big <laughs> tinky winky, fipsy, la la fo. <laughs> um, that was that was the other thing that, like, speaking about this all all projected upon meaning, just in the basis that this is just like, you know, incorporating the cultural moment in order to appeal to its audience. Like they they really did some queer baiting. They did. They did a queer bait in this movie. And I think the queers really are the no, it, no. I think the queers are the ones doing the baiting. Something I I remember just viscerally when this came out was just my my Tumblr dashboard was just covered in people thirsting after Oscar Isaac or Adam Driver and people drawing like pictures of Finn and Poe kissing. There are like this, like as we were watching it, I, I mentioned like this does kind of like Bucky and and Steve. It has like the things that lend themselves very nicely to drawing in like the crowd of people who want to see like two handsome guys kiss, and like it lends itself to that queer reading without committing to it. So like you, queer you know, they, they called they, they yeah they, you could say Ray is the self insert, but the, it looks like the women who wanted the movie really wanted Adam Driver to be the insert. They teased. They teased it. There was, um, I. It was only. It's a footnote in the essay I wrote, but um, all, uh, a big interest at the time was the suspicion that Poe Dameron is supposed to be gay. Uh, it was a theory that's that became popular within the Star Wars fan base after Oscar Isaac, in response to a Star Wars fan, uh. Uh, a fan in res- response to a question regarding the existence of any romances in the film, <laughs> and you're gonna like this. Told Ellen DeGeneres in an interview on her show, "You have to look very closely. You have to watch it a few times, see the little hints." But there was, at least, I was playing romance. That's <laughs> regarding 
his his scenes with I, uh, do you think he's just being playful himself or did they yes. tell him to do that i uh, i feel like that could go either way it could, that could go either way and, and here's the thing like if they retro engineered a romance between the two of them to appease fandom that would probably annoy me because writing writing in response to fandom yeah, especially that, to appease yeah. it is just something i hate that's I also really like stupid. And, and i hate the mentality of fans to like dictate how a story should go to suit their proc- like wh- whatever their desire is. I'm kind of a, when it comes to being a fan or enjoyer of something, I'm very much like a you'll get what you get and you'll like it, which is what my dad used to say about dinner when I was a kid. <laughs> um, my my mom would be like, if you don't eat your portion of vegetables, you have to eat the whole pot of vegetables, and that pretty effective. Yeah, no, I think I I, th- I think that like audiences should be treated like uh, overly picky children at dinner um actually uh we're complete with beatings um <laughs> oh no don't do that no. not children no i don't think we should beat children but i think that we should beat uh people who participate in fandom except unless you're a fan of this show <laughs> give uh, us money Cha-ching. if you subscribe to the five dollar patreon tier you're exempt from the beatings uh but i i, I do, but but like s- setting aside fandom shit that just innately irritates me um like yeah put some gay dudes in star wars or women or whatever why not but like the yeah but uh, but to like actually do that, it to, to actually Com- like commit to commit it don't to don't it. do that shit of like oh maybe there's a gay romance in our movie if you look real hard but not actually putting one in because you don't want people to get mad at your movie too because you want every possible audience which is, is you, there's you, no you, excuse you're spending 200 million dollars on this and you need to make 500 a billion because there's no um, excuse for that anymore because hundreds of other movies have shown you know gay romances without it being like a big also, fucking also don't deal. act like anybody's got to be impressed or like your movie because you did it um <laughs> we're way past that uh yeah, yeah, fuck, fuck showboating. That's just reeks of inauthenticity. That I mean, that's I mean, and that's another thing. Like they'll really start to lean, especially with the marketing for the next two movies. Is like they'll lean even more into the like. Um, actually, this movie is uh, diverse and it's queer and it's feminist and uh, you're one of the chuds if you don't like it and uh, you have to like it and if you don't like it, you hate women and you don't want women to have fun and you don't want women to enjoy Star Wars and. Yeah, and that's uh, God. This has been such an effective yeah. marketing tool. I, I feel like the effect, the efficacy of that might be waning now, maybe. But uh, it worked People for a few years, man. Uh, People have gone onto I, it finally. I think, and it drove me mental because I knew right away with that shit. Like I could, like it was yeah. so obvious to me. And seeing so many other people like buy into it kind of drove me insane. But it was hard to talk about because if if you did, people would just think, "Oh, there's another." Dude, bro, yeah. doesn't like that they put women in his Star Wars. Yeah, it, and I think this they should was, make an this all was an era Star Wars. of people just responding like to the threat of being strawmen, like yeah. ideological strawmen. Um, which is and, basically and this like day. this. What this es- this essay I wrote a tant- is tantamount to in that it's like me arguing. The, like for an idea of Kylo Ren as representative of the sort of people who were really pissed off about this new Star Wars movie being uh, 
led by a, a woman to men of color, you know, and, and being like, oh, this is SJW propaganda. And it's like, you know, we're, you're so caught up in that discourse and dialogue at the time. It, I'll tell you the truth. It never occurred to me to take a step back and consider like the profiting and business side and the capitalist implications of Disney acquiring the Star Wars franchise and how this was all a business and being run for profit. The and why why this stuff is there is purely to get exactly. people to go buy the product. This is a thing with because there was so much. Um, I had a couple friends that were really uh, kind of into the the fandom for the new trilogy, and I don't want to pick on them at all. Uh, and I would read some of their stuff, and like, you know, they're like smart, thoughtful people, but um, they would like find all this symbolism and all this setup, and oh, here's how it's going to go, and all this like, like really kind of like, like, like um, uh, conduct this kind of hermeneutic. Uh, exegesis and, and and i don't think there was nothing to it but and they kept like making all these predictions about how it's all going to play out and i was like w- wanted to i kept thinking like this is a product it, the next movie will be however they think it needs to be to make money and they will completely shift even if they are setting stuff up they will completely 180 on it which they did uh if they suddenly decide that it's not lucrative enough to do it so you can't get invested in any of it you can't you can't read it as a, a definite work of art with things to say or 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 indicate because um, it, it's not committed to anything it's doing. Uh, and, yeah, and it drove me, and it just like and, and the same with a lot of the Marvel stuff and a lot of this, a lot of the high and like the high budget super corporate franchise stuff. People still interpret it like it's art being made by people at least halfway and never ever look at it as a product like you would a Ford pickup truck. Right. And that, and that was kind of why I wanted to do this podcast. And the thing that I want to make sure we, 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 we continue to do is, um, and do more of is, is always look at these first and foremost as industrial products. Yeah. This is the same way you'd look at an iPhone. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, I think like, like the, like how Iron Man sort of is a, a, a turning point in the Hollywood blockbuster movie landscape that got us where we are now, just as important, if not more uh, sort of fateful to where we are now is Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm, uh, which people like um, just this is one of the I'm looking at an entertainment article, weekly article I referenced in that essay. Just uh, it's official. Uh, Mickey Mouse will join forces with Obi-Wan as Disney has completed its acquisition of Lucasfilm. Walt Disney Company announced in a statement on Friday that the deal is done. Uh, under terms of merger agreement, according to Disney, at closing, Disney issued roughly 37 million shares and made a cash payment of 2.2 million. The closing price of Disney shares uh, was a $50. Wait, are you sure that wasn't billion? Uh, well, the give it the mer- whole merger's total value 
of $4.06 billion. Okay. Yeah. So this, and this included uh, Lucasfilm's assets, includes Star Wars franchise, future sequels set for 2015. So everything that's basically come since, plus Industrial Lights and Magic and Skywalker Sound. Uh, Here's here's a very, here's a very faithful ending. What? Yeah. LucasArts, the game development company oh, that no. George Lucas also started, I, was that part of that? Uh, no, it doesn't. They might have been shut here. down, but I wonder if they like. I'm just trying to figure out like who owns like Monkey Island or whatever. I I don't know, but this 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 uh, article ends with Disney is on track to broadening its pop culture reach big time, and it, we 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 live in that society now, and it fucking sucks. It's brutal. Like um, the people who were pissed off and worried when Disney bought the star wars franchise like have been completely justified and vindicated in the wake of the completion of the sequel trilogy like in in my opinion but yeah yeah, can i just to give to give some sort of a little bit more insight i'm just i'm gonna refer back to this cringe essay i wrote like part of the reason i think this movie was so well received and I'd, I'd like ideally i'd like for this to transition into us talking about how phoned in harrison ford is um but it was people were still really hating and didn't like the prequels so when this came around and as we said this still looks pretty good this looks a lot better than most marvel movies um People were just happy to fucking see like actual puppets and people walking on like actual sets and not smooth Yoda or Hayden Christensen saying really cringy dialogue or bad CGI pairs. People felt like Star Wars had already reached the lowest form of itself it possibly could be that, you know, well, Disney's in charge of these Marvel movies. These Marvel movies have been pretty successful. You know, Disney's going to take this you know shoddy old star wars franchise and give it a facelift give it a rejuvenation i, that was I remember the when they hired jj abrams in like 2014 thinking that was a good idea and i mean from a business sense it was because i remember oh, watching his, his star trek movies and thinking uh you know this is kind of missing a lot of the point of star trek but it, it kind of seems like he'd rather make star wars and uh you know but i i hadn't caught on to what his deal was at that point <laughs> No one, no one was quite clued in on the graft. Yeah, Um, they also had never rewatched any of his movies or anything. No, yeah, that's what happens when you rewatch them. It's it's a rewatch or just like thinking really hard about them after watching them. That undo Uh, it it breaks the spell. It breaks whatever spell it hold held upon you. But uh, yeah, yeah, Harrison Ford does not. Harrison Harrison Ford Ford doesn't like Star Wars. He, he doesn't like hates, or care about Star Wars. He hates his his press tour. Did you shoot Greedo first, or did Greedo shoot you first? Um, I don't care. He's just upfront about the fact that he only did this for the money. Yeah. He 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 also broke his leg while filming this. So yeah, he made how much money? Like they they paid him Which like fifteen. Like how? Because you know, this whole movie, he million, just kind of walks around. He, he, he's not he doing a lot of around, jumping. Or- he bumbles around and says trailer lines. His first and he, he his shoots first a guy line. without even looking at him, like he's fucking John Wick. Which like his you know. his first line <laughs> in the movie. Chewing. We're 
home. And it's the most, it's the most sentimental goddamn thing. And that it's was, so, that was what finally broke it for so me. I was corny. like, oh no, it's so horny. And, and I mean, like and Han Solo likes his spaceship. He's like proud of it the way a guy's proud of his car. But I don't think he looks at it like, like you look at your childhood home. You know, I don't think and that's also how it's, it's would feel clearly about it. like kind of not fourth wall breaking, but it's like, you know, it's like we're, it, we're, no, oh, we're finally it's, back. We're finally back in the original twil- trilogy sort of feel and texture. You know, that that thing you miss yeah. so bad that George Lucas didn't give well, you home, with these. The prequels. real home is your childhood nostalgia. Yeah, um, that's the home. But and that's that's the thing. Another thing that drives me insane with these movies is they're constantly like and and all the like what what we'll call like legacy franchise stuff, like those new Halloween movies or super guilty of this, Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh or whatever, is it's all this like um the 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 original properties and and the nostalgia around them and their cultural impact and the fandom around them all it, it ha- have a, a, a have proxies in the universe of the movie. So like within the universe of these new Star Wars movies, Han Solo is a legend and the Millennium Falcon is a legend and Luke Skywalker is a legend and all these characters have heard of them and they're fans of them and they're all so important in their legacy and and it's and it and it's it's just become Star Wars about Star Wars. Ghostbusters about Ghostbusters. It's like who the fuck wants that? You know, yeah, it's just like, regurgitated. Like it's like a, a mother bird eating worms but and spitting so, it back up into her baby's we're, mouth. We're watching a movie that's about how much we liked the previous yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Basically like, more or less. What the fuck is that? It's I know it's, I like the previous zombie. movie. I could just watch the previous movie. Um you know, and it's really irritating and it's really sad because it's like I'm not a strictly anti-nostalgia guy. You know, it's like nice to go back and revisit things you love and you can kind of, you know, the distance between you now and you then and the time you can kind of learn from that. It's, it's all good. But like it's wallowing and it's refusing to ever do anything else. Uh, and and it's also this like this reverence for these kind of key elements of pop culture from the past that we're so in awe of them. We can never imagine doing anything too different or better. You know, we can imagine like tweaking and correcting them to be like, well, we're going to put more gay women in them or whatever, but we can't imagine actually like surpassing it. We can't imagine doing something. We can't imagine a better star Wars. And we definitely can't imagine doing something that's not star Wars and is better than star Wars. We're we're so in awe of this stuff we can't like get out from under its shadow and do our own thing culturally and evolve. Is that do you think that's kinda like because this I feel like this was around the time like the term reboot, like rebooting a franchise really took a hold. I I I, I feel yeah, like I, in, but, like the, yeah, you're, you're kind of explaining sort of the the underlying definition. Well, this I feel like, like this is when like we the went idea from of the reboot, where it's you know completely like it is still reverential of its original form to you know the, well, that, that was the thing with the extent. reboot, not just reverential, bro. It's like you're trying to appease all the people that want the same a thing. sequel and more of the same, and appease sequel, people yeah. that think they want something different and kind of do both at the same time. 
uh, or at least appear to be doing both at the same time, really just doing the one. Uh, but like that's like the thing was released as just thing 2011 was yeah. just released as yeah. the thing and functionally worked as a remake, except it also was canonical to the first movie. Yeah. So it's like trying to be both is the, is the, the soft reboot. That was the soft reboot thing. What's a hard? Um, oh, and then there's a hard, a hard reboot. reboot. It's just a real there's honest a to god top remake. Reboot, there's a bottom reboot. A, a twink reboot. Twink reboot. Otter An reboot. Otter bear reboot. <laughs> um, and it's again because it's driven. I mean, it's it's driven by the the. That's the thing. It's not even necessarily driven by markets per se because. With enough money and cultural influence, you dictate what the market is. People will go to watch what you give them to some to a large extent. Yeah, is if it, if it reaches a certain level of being adequately entertaining, people, people will just are eating watch up Megan, what you for give example. them. Like um, <laughs> that's shit. And I'm anti Megan, everybody. So the idea that this is like what people I don't like I don't want to say that this is what people want. I think this is just what people will accept, which is a two very different things. Because they can't they um, don't consume anything better. Because people yeah, but are I, I not they, going out of given, their way. Given, to- given the choice and given an informed choice, I yeah. think a lot of people would. Um, they're just not given an informed choice to. When when something different does come out, it's you know the studios are so scared of it that they don't Do, give yeah, it yeah. adequate uh, promotion in the first place. But like, you know, so, so, so I don't want to – so it's like – uh, not even strictly market logic, uh, it, but it's like the very specific political economy we have now with a very specific level of consolidation and debt leverage and overall amount of money in the in the system that leads to a very, very calculated and conservative and risk averse mentality among the capitalist class and the people making decisions, at least in this uh, industry. Well, really in most of the industries, well, this, like, this, you know, how much have cars evolved or anything? Yeah. Like that, right? like, well, this, this now has me thinking because the force awakens like 20, 2015, 2016, I think are very pivotal years. Like the pop cultural landscape, especially the one we're, we're really looking at um, and, and doing this fucking show for, but because there were, there were two other, reboots of ip franchises around the same time mad max mad max fury road came out earlier in 2015 yeah i think you can call that a reboot um, to some extent and 2016 but shin godzilla and as as i think you and i would both agree those are great movies Yo, you can see my shin godzilla poster yeah there is with his little uh yeah. cancer well, shin- uh, arms cancer patient well, arms the difference between them is one, and uh, I'm kind of curious how this happened in in that politi- in that uh, environment of Hollywood. Uh, uh, Mad Max Fury Road is a passion project driven by George Miller. Yeah. So it was like an actual movie made by a guy who wanted to make movies, who made yeah. the original movies, and he he was a guy looking not just to to cash in on what he'd done before. But to creatively and thematically and at the level of like spectacle and scope, outdo what he'd done in the 70s and 80s. Like an artist. Yeah, he he wanted to he <laughs> wanted to outdo himself yeah. with the concept and 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 that world in that type of movie. 
and he did like <laughs> it's a perfect movie um, and i was like not just re- the same thing but bigger but like yeah. more developed artistically and and creatively like uh, I, yeah i should have like i was debate when i had before I had written this paper, it was a final paper for a like my feminist media studies class, and I had debated on doing it on Star Wars or Fury Road. And I really, in retrospect, I really wish I did it on Fury Road because it would have held up. And yeah, and Shin Godzilla's you know not the same guy, but that's the same impulse driving it to a large extent. You know, like you you watch the the, the first episode of uh, Evangelion. <laughs> And it's obvious Anno is a huge Godzilla fan. Yeah. Or like, like Ultraman fan, fan of just you, you see. Oh, the he's references. just a nerd yeah, and huge fucking nerd in I general. Um but like it's obvious, like and he's coming at it, he wants to do what what the first Godzilla was to the post World War II, post atomic bombings moment. And that's a really important thing to bear in mind with the original yeah, Godzilla, yeah. not just Oh, it's it's an allegory for the no, atomic bond in an critical. abstract way, but it was like it came out less than ten years after those bombings. All the people in the theater watching the first Godzilla, watching all those scenes of like buildings collapsing, lived through not just the atomic bombings, but the harrowing conventional and napalm bombings that actually leveled whole cities before they even dropped the a bombs. Um, so that's the context of that movie, and that's Shin Godzilla is that for the post Fukushima moment, not just not in a cynical uh, going through the checklist of the discourse way, but, but no, in like a genuine the artistic of the response, response yeah. to the period way. Like that—that's yeah. the difference of like um, modernizing in like the sense of mod- refreshing a product line for new sensibilities versus like reinterpreting a text artistically for a new context yeah uh, that that's what separates the two and the new star wars is the former and something like fury road or shin God- godzilla is no, obviously neither of those are devoid of uh commercial influence nothing with any money right it can be but they're much more so that direction there's at least uh, a strong element of it there yeah right like like that's what makes like an older blockbuster there's a good one is there's um, some more some way or more the other, but there's some balance counterbalancing the commercial interest with s- sincere creative impulses and craftsmanship um, versus things which are 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 so lopsidedly commercial that whatever craftsmanship or creative impulse is there is is drowned out or or filtered or abandoned or never present in the first place. Um. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, all that these movies do are just inspire people to ascribe meaning onto it. And, and that, that's I, yeah, that's that's again, their big I, I trick. I book, line, and that's, that's their big trick is is being so vaguely defined and so featureless that you see your own they're 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 so they're they're, they're like a surface that is so shiny and smooth you look at it and you just see your reflection back right you see all you see is whatever you bring to it because there's so little else there beyond just 
the, the at some level being basically entertaining in the sense of like moving images and colors and sound um and it and it yeah and it's it has long frustrated me how much people fall for it um and i'm glad that you had I snapped that moment out of, of epiphany it. when we were when we were I, rewatching it um, i yeah it was very, i it mean was immediately it's kind of gratifying <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch uh, but uh, for real though like uh, I I will say comparatively, just because that's that's the way I have to d- deal with this shit. Uh, as I said, better looking than most of these Marvel movies. Like I can see, you know, there there's nice lighting. The sets look good. Costuming's good. You know, they're puppets. They're creatures. They're fucky little guys. There's like a, when they go to the katana. Uh, can't katana. When they go to the canteen run by uh, Lupita Nyong'o in, uh, as a CGI alien bug lady. Or, or, no, we said she looks like a, a shriveled peach. She looks yeah, like a shriveled yeah, I, peach. I said gnome earlier. You said right? gnome. I stand by. Um, uh, there, were, there was like a, a group of like shrimp aliens <laughs> just sitting together and I pointed out like, look at those guys. Those guys are great. Um, like it does have that those little touches of like the the Jim Henson like uh, Frank Oz sort of puppetry of the yeah. original trilogy. Uh, once again, in contrast to the prequels, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. That uh, just like dog shit uh there are things i still like about this movie i i would still protect bb-8 with my life every time bb-8 is on screen i'm like look at him go yay rolls i i, I just you're like that's, a that's the thing like <laughs> that's, I, the I totally... thing. <laughs> that's the other thing that's the other thing cuteness what if if you can't hook them through political, like cultural, like incentives, hook them with a, a cute thing, and I'm still falling for that shit. I'm sorry. I mean, it's it's not that there aren't well done things about the movie. Oh, I just no, feel like course. that they're all they're kinda all yeah under like like they're, they're embellishments on a hollow object. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, that crumbles in your hand if you try to get too much of a grip on it. You know, like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of locations, photography and sets and practical it's, effects. It's doing uh, the bare minimum. When they when they do use CGI, it's like uh, integrated and composited like well enough that it mostly, aside from maybe a couple scenes, which is, is like looks good or at least not troublesome. Uh, some, you know, like it's a pretty good looking movie that, uh, you know, setting aside like the lightsaber fight at the end, if if it had the dramatic weight behind it, like the one in Empire did, would be the best lightsaber fight in Star Wars. Like it looks really great and is yeah, that's a, it's a like good a, like a good climax. fight without feeling like the the lightsaber fights in the prequels are like they feel like over choreographed, you know, like they're just too tight and like dudes dancing that it's like they lose the sense of like yeah these are more like, like you don't, actual you, you, fights you, you, you don't feel fights, like yeah. you don't feel like people are fighting when you watch them you just 
kind of feel like you're watching a really elaborately choreographed dance. And I feel like a fight needs to have that sense of uh, stake and improvisation. Um, that that what's happening is happening spontaneously. Uh, that's a minor thing, but but again, it's like, but it lacks. Like even watching it, I was just like, I'm surprised at like kind of how much my eyes are glazing over watching this. Um, even going in, like you know, because I've seen it. A, I saw it when it came. I remember liking it when it came out, and I saw it in the theater. In the in the moment, there was all the hype, and I didn't have time to reflect on right. the movie. And there's no sequels to come out, not pay anything yeah. off, and blah blah blah. I remember like a lot of the stuff kind of bothered me, but I was able to set it aside the first time I watched it. Then, you know, I, sequels came out and I saw it one or two more times because, like, it would be on for the kids, the, my niece and nephews. And I was just kind of like, I think I've made this, I don't know if I made this kind of conversation on the recording, but I've said it in other places before and when we're talking about it off mic. Uh, it's like cotton candy. Like, it's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's but it just your has no metaphor. structure or substance and it dissolves in your mouth and then it's it's gone. And then, you know. Yeah, you watch it again, and it doesn't even have that uh, level of immediate gratification. Um, yeah, and it's just too bad because again, like a lot of pieces, a lot of interesting concepts, a lot of craft and skill at a technical level. Like all, all the elements are there. Yeah, it, there's some, there's, there's some cool stuff. More sincere, creative drive behind it. More commitment. If it was just like. Someone, not even someone other than J.J. Abrams, if maybe just J.J. Abrams was like diminished in his role as a director and didn't have uh, a co-writing credit. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. As we as we would learn, a Disney mega corporation trying to trying to do a second MCU with Star Wars in 2015 product. Yeah, you know, and it's just too fucking bad. Uh, it, Wasted potential, the movie series. Wasted potential, yeah. Wasted potential. Because as as we know from Shin Godzilla and Mad Max Fury Road, these movies, these kind of IP adaptations are capable of being excellent and being meaningful. Like if we... I mean, Star Wars is a bit of a different kettle of fish, too, because of what it is culturally. It is, yeah, in terms of commercialization as well. I mean, Godzilla maybe is not totally unlike that. but uh, we should we should really do a Godzilla movie <laughs> um, or, or a Tokatsu or, or even I saw Shin Ultraman the other night and it, it rocked. Um, I, I just, just kept like, thinking like we Shin don't Godzilla, get like, cool I, shit like I've this. I actually haven't seen most Godzilla or other kaiju movies. They're but I've, they're I'd seen the original. Kind of the same model. Yeah, like, I well, like, I've seen bits of them. They seem like they get very silly because the, oh, the they original get, they Godzilla movie is not silly a silly kid friend. No. No, not the, a silly movie. Yeah, it's it's meant to be uh, at least somewhat harrowing. It's it's a bit of a, a genuine horror film. Yeah, at least it strives to be. So I'd seen that one. So going into Shin Godzilla, I had the context of the original, at least, which no, I think is maybe need, more really. more relevant than the other stuff. Um, and I've had the context of like uh, Evangelion. Gunbuster, but um, uh, with uh, with Ultraman, I have very little context going. In, I I which went is why in, I haven't in been completely as blind. About. I went in completely blind, 
So there were a lot of moments where I, I was just completely confused and flabbergasted, but it it's very silly and it very much lends itself to a very to a similar kind of vibe. Like Shin Godzilla, Shin Godzilla was goofy a little bit. Um the 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 titular Ultraman is a, a very autistic government worker guy. And yeah. the first the first uh scene where he's he's Ultraman uh and he kicks a kaiju's ass, he does like a 360 like flip in the air like a like airplane propeller to like kick to like kick the shit out of this kaiju and it is some of the most joyous moments I've had in any sort of superhero movie. Like we don't get that sort of silliness, like an embrace of the inherent silliness. It's funny that we don't use the term superhero with all of that stuff with, with all that Japanese media, even though it it is totally appropriately. They are superheroes. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, but for some, but because they 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 don't quite adhere to the same structure, we don't use the term. But like, yeah, Sailor Moon's a superhero. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Jotaro Joe Star's a superhero. Ultraman is, is a Goku superhero. is a superhero. Goku Goku is a superhero. Like Goku I, is I also feel like my that dad. Term will annoy people, but like in the in the general sense, they are. They're also an yeah. example of why you know what we call superhero stuff doesn't have to be what it is it is capable of being if you know stories about people with extraordinary powers doing in a classically sense heroic things don't have to be uh so fucking lame or fascistic you know i mean they're not going to be uh the peak of uh expression of the human experience but they can be uh uh well-crafted entertainment and and even art Right, I, I, you know, we're not really anti superhero in the broad sense. We're, we're just not anti anti what DC and Marvel have become as industrial uh, manufacturers of uh, the as, uh, as people the, who are the, frustrated the, the cultural by equivalent of um, the stuff. Yeah, from the stuff. I I should really rewatch that because I know I that's was really a, that is a fun. I really was off put by Michael Moriarty's performance because he I sounded was, like I thought he was drunk. I was fascinated by his performance. I was like, this it this makes, guy is drunk. <laughs> I think it it takes what would be like a fun but kind of forgettable movie and and makes it okay. something worth revisiting and memorable. Okay, because he is such a weird guy. He's such a yeah. weird guy in that movie, and so totally. Like, like, unlike a normal protagonist for that kind of movie or almost any movie, like he was constantly saying things and doing things that like surprised me and threw like me a, off. And I found that Daniel Daniel Craig's Knives Out. That what's up, guys? Benoit Blanc, like on like uh, I haven't seen it. Knives Out. Uh, yeah, uh, it basically <laughs> like a like a southern southern bell on a like yeah. painkillers. He's, really he's so strange, but I found it super- his mind. I found it super compelling because it's like so many things you think another character is going to get mad or passionate. He just kind of slides around it or, or, or waves. Like it's, I don't know. I, I found it just, um, and, and I don't know if it's a consequence of what they were trying to do with the movie or if, with him just like not caring, but in an interesting, but it just, it worked for me. I, I thought it was uh, really, really endearing and 
I kind of want to rewatch it and just think about different ways to approach like horror or monster movie or whatever protagonists. Um, well, just, but, but yeah, yeah. I was just thinking, uh, which I, I don't even know if anyone listening, how many people listening will get the reference. Uh, the, the long and short of it is the stuff is like a commercial product that this company sells that they just find bubbling out of the ground. That kind of looks like whipped cream or shaving cream. Kinda. And it, uh, and, and it's like this like addictive thing in a jaw in a, in a, Bit, uh, tub that people eat like ice cream and uh, eventually it kind of like possesses them and takes them over and it does sort of stuff that's like half invasion of the body snatchers and half the blob um yeah La- larry anyway, cohen this uh, this, this stuff is guy whose movies you should this, watch this instead of these of marvel pop cultural the stuff yeah it's it's uh a, a, a addictive corrosive mind controlling generic corporate substance that you consume <laughs> i mean i got i guess we're into the watch something else section of this of that stuff yeah definitely yeah it, in addition to like ultraman i also watched um I, well i actually watched hidden fortress for the first time and well it wasn't as like because i you know that was one of george lucas's major influences and in, uh the original star wars can't be that hidden if they found uh, i know i know um but yeah i would i would uh, definitely i i 2023 needs to be the year i watch more kurosawa movies because i've been i've really been like lacking on those because uh uh mifu mifune holy shit damn you shit with that ass mifune that like <laughs> is he, he got a is he got a he's dog? got like just damn boy you thick just the thickest ass thighs just it, it, hidden fortress especially because he's like wearing like a loincloth diaper are, are thick thighs attractive on a man uh if you look like toshi if you look like mifune yeah uh <laughs> but he's <laughs> he yeah no he's he's delicious to look at as well um i'm like trying to trying to not really related but recently i watched a movie called night on the galactic railroad which is like an anime movie uh, about two anthropomorphic cats and they they go on it's basically the polar express on on drugs and with like subtle themes of christianity and then one of the spoilers (laughs) spoilers one of the cats drowns and dies and the movie ends with the the cat's father telling the the other cat you know that's life huh. it's 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 heartbreaking that's, that's something you know what it's it as i said in my letterbox review it was like the, the similar dynamic to like Kaoru and shinji and just as devastating uh so yeah, it's a, if if you feel like being sad, uh, or kicking back and doing some drugs, watch Night on the Galactic Railroad. It's it's also it's also cute because cats are cute. Uh, a lot that, of a um, lot of the shots in that movie are just like a cat looking like, <laughs> which is cute. That makes me think a little bit of cat soup. Oh my god, cat soup! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's it kind of gave me similar vibes, but it's like more like a, a children's storybook kind of vibe oh, okay. to yeah. it. But, like uh, the Polar Express if the Polar Express was uh kind of nihilistic. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I was, I was, I was actually, I think, was it on the the thing we actually failed to record that we talked about this? But uh, Nasca. I think I think maybe I think it was because we were talking about how kind of anodyne and textureless Ray is as a character, and then like you you brought up Nasca as kind of a counterexample of a of a heroic female character in like a kind of sci fantasy story. I was gonna say yeah, Nasca, the Valley of the Wind. Yeah, uh, there you the, go. The anime and more actually better read the manga because it's a lot more. I I should read that as as a much more filled out and a bit darker kind of uh, version of the world and the plot. It, it gets a lot. There's more like interesting kind of geopolitical wranglings and a lot of it's a, it's a good manga. Um, I'm just trying to think. Is there anything else? Like, uh, I mean, that's like a. a t- Shane Godzilla yeah. and Mad Max Fury Road, or yeah, there you the go. Obvious, yeah. The obvious alternatives as well. I was just trying to think if I could think of like a good space opera or something, but uh, you know they don't make that many movies of those, and most of them. Oh, the fla- I, you like that Flash Gordon movie? I did. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. No, I guess I could say the 1980 Flash Gordon. It's not like a great movie in and of itself. It's just a lot of fun to watch. Um, it's just very strange. Uh, and has a lot of really interesting, saturated, uh, colorful production design and costume design. It's just kind of a kind of a hoot. It's a it's a good like because it's not like a, like a movie that will I think reward like really critical viewing, but it's a great like get a, some buddies together and and smoke a joint, have a couple drinks, and that you can kind of talk over it and watch it. Um, it's great, great like group fun group watch type movie for that sort of experience um so uh yeah yeah we've got a batman returns episode up on the patreon not a commentary a full uh conversation episode uh just three bucks a month gets you all our bonus content and we will keep uh putting more out there for you uh, as we go into this new year we want to and, and uh, maybe if we that. get enough maybe if we get enough patrons you'll you'll be able to pay us enough money that we'll subject ourselves to watching Velma. Nah, I'm not making any promises in that one. No, um, not making any promises, but... But, uh, but you know what? If we get uh, the higher tiers, uh, we don't have a lot of stuff for them, just kind of like bragging rights and Discord roles and shouts out right now. But if we get a few more people, uh, we can start doing things like Q&As, suggest bonus episodes and things to watch, uh, votes on the suggestions. Like we can, We can start doing that kind of stuff. We just you know, need a few more people to, uh, yeah, do we're, it. <laughs> we're like, we, we like, like 10 or at least 20 people or like 15, at least 15 people, maybe 15, 20, a hundred thousand yeah. people. Um, not every, everyone actually should might be, be too our, many. Our that would be a little intimidating. Get that big. Um, but, uh, wouldn't it be funny to just make a fortune off of this? Frankly, I would be both shocked and thrilled if we got to a point where it's like, we could each like, pay a utility bill off of this yeah every month or, cool. or get a get a, a round of uh like a good round of groceries for the yeah, month that'd be that, cool. would, that, that would already be pretty thrilling yeah um but you know what here's a well we should tease our other thing that we're gonna be working on oh yeah so uh we're gonna have uh a special guest colon aka uh the java jiga from twitter um uh, He's going to talk to us about Spider-Man. Many, many podcasts. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, to give us a whole uh, 
a, a kind of a rundown of the history of Spider-Man as a comic book character, as a kind of pop culture figure, some big arcs, other adaptations. It's just kind of a whole, uh, what's the deal with what's Spider-Man? What's the deal with Spider-Man? And then uh, we'll, we'll be following that up, uh, maybe depending on how scheduling works out consecutively or non-consecutive, but then we'll be following We'll up, be doing Homecoming. That up uh, with, homecoming. Uh, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming episode with, uh, with Cole also. So super excited about that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun and uh, very interesting. Um, Patreon.com slash Marvelous Death. All the uh, necessary information in the episode description. And uh, barring that, if you can give us, you know, likes, retweets, positive ratings, iTunes, all that Tell stuff. Tell people to uh, listen to us. Super helpful. Yeah. By the time people are listening to us, I, I've probably published my my Megan review. Um, Megan. <laughs> Me, yeah. If you want to talk about forced memes, uh, me threegan, me threegan. Uh, so yeah, go go check out uh, my writing on the. Yeah, you hated spheres. that movie, didn't you? You really thought that it, was a piece of shit. It was. It 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 sucks. Which like it looks like it's, it is. Blum Blumhouse movies are generally why, fucking terrible. It's like it's it's like why, especially when Chucky's having like a nice like second wind in his career. Like why the fuck? Why would the fuck would you give me this me- like mediocre shit when I have a, a full buffet of of things to to taste and enjoy, and and you're giving me like Taylor Momsen sex doll in a wig that doesn't really do anything fun with sharp objects? Uh, she does. She does kill Ronnie Chang. He fucking sucks in the movie. Holy shit! <laughs> so unfunny. Uh. Yeah, anyways, uh, till next time, guys. And don't watch something don't, else. Don't watch Megan. Don't, don't watch Megan. All right. All right thanks again uh, for listening, everybody. And I hope that uh, 2023 is a better year for you than 2022 was. Uh, for you and you and you and all of us. Yeah, yeah. Sayonara, babes. Also on January 8th, Ferretti Bago Creek County Park will host an afternoon of intertubing. But remember, sleds and toboggans are not permitted. <laughs> Do you hear that, Chad? Keep your damn toboggan out of Bago Creek. If I catch you down there with a sled, zipping around like a maniac and endangering those precious children, next month we'll be identifying your skull at Bendix Woods County Park. 